to another brand new Starship Geek. We're talking about Love, Death, and Robots, Episode 4. This one's entitled Suits. Suits is from the same company, Blair Studios, that did Sunny's Edge. It is adapted by Philip Gallat from a Stephen Lewis story. It stars Neil Kaplan as Hank, G.K. Bowes as Beth, Scott White as Jake, Courtney Taylor as Helen, and Tootie Roche as Crazy Mel. The symbols on this one are a mug, a barn, and a cow's head. This is another in the, at this point, classic Love, Death, and Robots trope of playing with expectations. Because the setting that we get from this, right off the bat, is that it is like down south uh, or like kind of hickish. Uh, farmers. And the episode even starts with like a twang of a guitar, just to kind of put it into, you're like, oh, we're we're watching like, you know, kind of country bumpkin people or stuff like that. Uh, it's done in a more cartoony style than previous entries, but it still maintains a lot of that like 3D element to it. Uh, it is not a straight 2D uh, animation, which we will see in some other uh, editions of Love, Death, and Robots. We pan from the moon uh, to a field, and then to an old cabin. And there's also an old pickup truck in the front yard. The woman says that the scarecrow was a gift, and Jake was just trying to be neighborly. And Hank is a bearded man with an open flannel shirt over a white shirt. His wife has her hair back behind her headband. He's doing the dishes while she reads near him. Hank says that the thing outside is not neighborly, it's an eyesore. And we get a chance now to see the Scarecrow, and it's your first sort of playing with expectations because it's not a Scarecrow, it's a big old robot. And it is uh, broken down, and it's got some like Christmas lights around its head. So right off the bat, you're just like, oh, so we're not watching something that's like taking place in modern time or in the past, and we're definitely not dealing with your average, like, uh, simple farmers. Hank offers his wife another slice of pie, but she declines. An alarm goes off, and Hank sits down in front of about, oh, eight different monitors, all different sizes. And the largest one in the center has a warning on it saying, Breach Detected. It's again, to further back up the, the fact that you're dealing with uh, a little bit different situation than you originally thought, he's got a full-on command center in his house, like in his almost straight-up log cabin house, old pickup truck in the front yard, massive computer system inside. So he says that they got a few holes in the fence, and he asks her to give Mel a call to assist. Hank goes out to the barn, and he has a full-on mech suit waiting for him. Now, I am somebody who simply loves mech suits. I have always been a big fan of like the giant robots fighting each other, like in Gundam, uh, even like Power Rangers having them jump into big mech suits. 
and and fight giant creatures over that. I've always been real keen on it. And then obviously the scene in Alien where she jumps into in the the loader and fights a thing. It's just it's it's one of those things that just sings to me. It's so cool to think about just like piloting a larger version of yourself essentially. But piloting a mech suit seems like a lot of fun. Hank starts it up as his wife Beth tells him everything looks online from where she is. Hank walks past the scarecrow and remarks how ugly it is. And Beth tells him to just remove it if she he doesn't like it, and he says, I tried, it won't budge. Hank walks through fields filled with chickens and cows and remarks that the cows are right in front of the breach. Beth then scolds him that he should be moving the herd closer to the barn anyways. Hank gets an arm-mounted turret up, as we see that the fence is not a fence, it's a force field. There is a glowing red spot in it that seems to be where whatever is on the other side of this is starting to break through. It then bursts open, and a creature shoots through it. So, these little bugs, and, and they're referred to as bugs, don't seem to have any eyes, uh, but they sure have a lot of teeth. Hank shoots a thing as more of them jump through the hole, and they start attacking and eating the cows. Hank is trying to shoot them all, and Beth tells him that more breaches are opening up around the perimeter, and Hank requests some extra help. If you have ever played the game StarCraft, this this one really reminds me of it, where you've got the, the humans or the Terran that get into like mech suits and, and vehicles, and they fight against... Uh, alien bug creatures. You know, there's also another aspect of aliens too, but that doesn't happen here. It's just, it's just pretty much the Zerg and the Terran against each other. But it's, uh, I don't know why he assumed that only one of them was going to pop through there, because as we'll see at the end of the episode, like these things crawl all over the these like big domes that they live in. We cut to another farmer where. A farm where Jake is sleeping in his mech suit. He does have your more like stereotypical country bumpkin design to him, like wife beater, uh, like drawl, southern drawl to him. His wife Helen calls him, uh, calls out to him, and wakes him up. She says that Ben Graves just called, and Jake says he's working on Carnivore, and it's not battle ready yet. Helen tells him the thing is never going to be perfect. So Jake closes the hatch on Carnivore and heads out. Hank is walking back when Beth when Beth asks him how it went. He says, "Well, I'm moving the whole herd like you asked," and we see that the herd is just down to one last cow. Hank sees lights off in the distance and asks Beth if she's seeing it as well. We then see thousands of the insect creatures trying to make their way through the barrier. She calls them DBs. And Hank asks that she get everyone out there to help him. Beth calls Crazy Mel, who's smoking a cigar and wearing flight goggles, and she's told that his swarm is on the way. The bunch of lights come to a bunch of lights at the facility on the Graves Farm come on, and we see that they have a bunker set up to get everybody that is within the vicinity of them into safety. Beth calls Jenny. Uh, and tells her to call Deb and Sarah and then swing by Old Man Harrison's to pick him up. She calls Darlene to get every mech she has ready. Jake walks up to the breach and asks his wife if he's in the right place. She asks, is there a massive breach in front of you? 
then you're in the right place. She tells him to stay put until Hank gets there. Mel then walks past and tells him to get his hunk of junk out of the way, which causes Jake to tell her to get off his back. Hank gets both uh, of them to behave for a moment and says they need to hold back the swarm here until everyone is safe. Beth tells him that Zing is cut off and the Camel Brothers are pinned down, so it's going to be just three of them right now. Mel says at least she will die young and beautiful. The breach then opens up, and a swarm of DBs come running down the hill. The three mech pilots all open fire on the crowd, and they manage to take out large numbers of them, but it's not really making a dent in the oncoming swarm. Larger DBs begin to join the fight, and Jake uses a plasma ray to cut down some charging DBs. Beth tells him that the Miller family and the Huts are on the way. The Pennybone clan and the Priestess are about 50 to 20 minutes out, and Jake says they're not going to last two minutes out here. Some DBs attempt to flank the three of them, so Hank has to do evasive action. He tells Beth that they're going to need ammo soon. Beth proceeds to pass the child off to Helen, who tells her she has got this. Go ahead and go. It's clear that they are trying to get all of the families into the bunker. I don't know what their plan is after that. I don't know if they have something that will like get rid of all the DBs that are in there, or if it's literally just they're going to wait until other mechs get there. I'm not quite sure. And I don't think that the plan really needs to be all that more than just we got one half of our crew trying to get everyone to safety, the other half trying to hold back the bugs. Hank then sees that he's out of ammo, and he makes a joke regarding someone telling him to become a farmer. because the But, you know, they forgot to mention the giant fucking bugs he deal with. Beth sends in a drone with ammo and tells Hank that they still have to hold them off since the Beauregards are not there yet. Some of the DBs are starting to get through, and the autocannons are taking them out, but all it's going to take is one of them to slip through to start causing some chaos. Suddenly, all the power cuts out to the bunkers. Jake is still reloading, and Helen calls him to say that everyone is in the bunker now, and they need to retreat. Hank tells Jake to get back to the bunker, while Mel and uh, Hank take care of this. Jake gets ready to attack again. Uh, I'm sorry, Hank is ready to attack again, but Jake jumps in to take over so they can reload. The DB swarm over Jake, and they take out his plasma gun before knocking Carnegie over. Jake says he is going to just clear the field, and he asks that Hank tell Helen he died real good. Jake hits a button to self-destruct his mech. Hank, tra- Hank tries to advance, having just finished reloading, when Jake's reactor explodes knocking Hank back, killing any DB around them, and taking Jake out in the process. Beth radios into Hank, desperate to make sure that he isn't dead, and Hank tells her that Jake blew his reactor. She looks at Helen and tells her she is sorry. She hugs her, but then sees a huge DB crawl through the breach. It walks right up to Hank, but then sees the bunker, so it passes him by. And when I say huge DB, I mean like, this thing is the size of a like skyscraper just coming through. Hank yells at them to get in the bunker, and Helen walks into the bunker as Beth opens up a silo that houses a large gun. The creature knocks Hank over, and as it tries to bite him, it gets blasted back. Beth says the gun was supposed to be an anniversary present. The DB then grabs Hank in its mouth and slams him into the ground as Beth notices a small DB has gotten into the command center. 
It leaps at her, but it is exploded by Helen with a shotgun. She says they took her Jake, so fuck these things. The creature chucks Hank aside as Mel arrives to help, but it knocks Mel into a nearby barn. Hank tells Beth she needs to shoot right down the creature's throat to kill it. He has attached a line to Jake's scarecrow to tether himself to the ground while he tries to get the creature into position. Helen is still shooting other small DBs, but Beth says Hank is too close and she doesn't want to hit him. Hank tells her to take the shot, and Hank rips the thing's mouth open as the ground bla- as the uh, gun blasts straight through into it. The creature falls down dead, and Hank's coffee cup hits the ground. They cut to the next morning, where Beth and Mel aren't drinking on the porch, and Hank walks out and gives a beer to Helen, telling her Jake was a damn fine neighbor. He says the scarecrow is going to start is really starting to grow on him. And we pan out from there and continue to pan out until we get the other side of the barrier, where we see, of course, a ton of DBs crawling all over it, then pan out further to see that there's actually a few different barriers on the surface of this planet. And then we pan out even more to see that we're not actually on Earth. We are on an alien planet with rings like Saturn. And it turns out that our farmers are the invaders, and they appear to be terraforming the planet. I really, really love this ending. I think that it was great to sort of set up that, you know, our our heroes here, the, the humans, are getting invaded by these creatures and they're just trying to survive. But really, it's they've come to this planet to essentially take it over. And the bugs are actually the ones that are sort of defending their their home turf. I don't know that that makes it where you don't still root for Hank and his family and, and his, his neighbors, but it's definitely kind of throws a wrench into where you're like, your perception of things is kind of called into question where you're like, okay, I just spent that entire thing, like being sad about Jake killing himself in order to save them and really rooting for them to, you know, take out this big creature thing. But really you're like, okay, it's essentially like, if somebody were to land on America and it was like, all that's here are dinosaurs and we're going to like eradicate them essentially to take over whether it is good or bad. I don't know, but it's, it's nature. It's survival of the fittest essentially. And it's interesting that there obviously because it's a short, there's a lot left up to, kind of speculation on things on what they're doing there like how these guys but there how it is that they got chickens and cows there and then of course it's the matter of like well hank just had like this entire like uh herd of cows get wiped out like how are they going to replace those like it's not like they're readily available in a different part in in the planet so it's you know there's a lot of questions, and I think that it would be fun to get more answers on it, but for the, the short, I thought it was really good. I thought it was impactful. Uh, I would put it probably second out of the four episodes we've watched so far, um, which means that Sunny's Edge is still got the edge. And the top two are from the same studio, so that should tell you how, how good of work that they do. I, like I said, enjoyed this one. And we've got more episodes to come on this one. So thank you again for uh, tuning in here and listening. And I will see you on the next one. Bye-bye.